2: The pregame show America has always wanted.
0: I the future. I the future.
2: From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
4: You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a Tuesday. Coast to coast, 200 Fox Sports Radio stations. It's now 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock here in Las Vegas. It is Tuesday, the day after the day after, also known as the day after Monday Night Football. And we, we got some exciting things to talk about in studio. Brad Powers, one of the pros who know. Fezzik with a study day. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. My personal promise, we will deliver the Vegas truth to you. But you can't have pros without Joes. He's in LA, and he's Jonas Knox.
3: Always good to be here, RJ. And we start on Straight Out of Vegas on a Tuesday with, of course, Monday Night Football, and it was an ugly one for one team. That team being the Cleveland Browns. All 49ers a 31 to three pounding of the Cleveland Browns last night in the Bay Area.
4: So Jonas, you know we've known each other now, uh, you know, over a year. When you were watching the game last night, at any point did you think, God? Darn that, RJ. He, he It's like he had a crystal ball. I mean, was there any of that? Well, yeah, because I had the Browns plus five. So, <laughs> so of course. Okay. How about you, Brad? I mean, it was almost like, I don't want to say I see the future. Yeah. I mean, are, are
5: we going to hear that? I don't want to say you have premonition.
4: Uh, you know, I mean, and in a way, we can have fun with yeah. it. And let's talk about quickly why we liked it, because to some degree... Let's not condemn the Browns for these reasons. In the NBA, they have, uh, they call it a schedule loss. And that's, you familiar with that concept? It's when there's a back to back and it's maybe four out of five or whatever the extremes are. Now I know they've limited some of those and it's like a tough place to play. Utah at altitude. It's going to be hard to win that game. Yep. Even the Bulls, I remember, and boy was I dumb on this one. <laughs> Back when the Bulls won their 72, Utah was hosting Chicago, and it was the end of a long road trip, and Utah literally was minus two and a half in the game against, at the time, the best team ever. Somehow I bet Utah, and they won by two. And I'm like, this team's going to lose like eight games the whole year. They lost one, and somehow I still lost the bet, betting the team (laughs) would beat them. So it's always about numbers. Don't forget about that. This felt like not a scheduled loss, but, boy, it would have been a tough win for the Browns. Amazingly, probably the game they had the least motivation for so far this year. Now, you might wait, what? Monday Night Football? Well, opening day after all the anticipation was big. Yep. Then the first Monday Night game in New York City, okay, was against a backup quarterback still new to them. And then they had the Rams on Sunday Night Football at home – And then they had a division almost must-win game against Baltimore. Yep. So out on the West Coast, second Monday night game. Mm, You could have said the least motivation, or at least in the mix. Correct?
5: Yep, absolutely.
4: Now, on the other side, you had an undefeated team. A team that's been frustrated by injuries since the Shanahan era began. And they were undefeated and had a bye. So it's like... We got all this energy. We got all this prep time where they may be lackadaisical, where they had been lucky to beat the Steelers, recall. So they had the best of both worlds, undefeated motivation, but also motivated by the less than good performance against Pittsburgh. So the fact that Sam Fran had a motivational advantage makes a ton of sense. I also think the, the marketplace just had the price wrong. Three and a half is when we gave the pick. Me and Colin had our little back and forth on it. The fact it went up to five or so, you could say, well, RJ, they, they got beat so bad. The price didn't matter. I agree, but I do think expectations were a little off that this was a coin toss game, except for home field. Yep. Now, all that being said, they underperformed the Browns way beyond this. And I think maybe we start with motivation and skipping and Shannon. I thought specifically Shannon today had some really good insight and his general, thought was as a former player as a hall of fame type player that if someone disrespects the league disrespects this professional fraternity which is the nfl that everyone is going to be motivated and this is his phrase to humble him Mm. so the cops will sometimes in the wire depicted this is say oh yeah give him a humble and it was like this guy's causing some trouble you know, get him up against the car, put the cuffs on him, maybe even bring him down, and right before you book him, let him go. All right. Now, Baker is the opposite of humble. And there's been some over-the-top type egos in the NFL. So there's some distinction. And, you know, since Jonas works with a former NFL player, Brady Quinn, on the weekends, I think it's interesting to hear – you know, any perspective from Jonas, it it seems to me it's like if Baker is demeaning the rest of us, he's effectively demeaning this fraternity, and, yeah, everyone wants to win, but having respect for the fraternity of NFL players is so important because they're very proud and rightfully so to be in that fraternity, all the players, and it seems like that's what Baker – has been falling short on what do you think, Jonas?
3: Yeah, and well, I think also Brady came into the league and he had sponsorship deals. Whether it was EAS, and he was a first round draft pick, and he was the Notre Dame pretty boy. And we've talked about this, and where you know he knew that guys would say certain things after the play. The difference between him and Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield says stuff back and has social media, and he just exasperates it even more and makes it worse on himself because he's got the promotion, he's got the publicity, and then he's got the mouth to go along with it but he doesn't have the numbers and so guys are
4: extra motivated to play him yeah but even if he had the numbers i think they would they would be extra motivated right yeah
3: Yeah. it's what's weird about the browns is they've got a target on their back and they're an 11 win
4: team over the last four years coming into (laughs) the season that's a good it's 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 weird now it's funny i i listened to you closely there so you think brady quinn is pretty
3: well, listen, he's the Notre Dame pretty boy.
4: I mean, eh, okay, I'm just saying. I, I mean, you I, you hey. know,
3: I, I, I tend to listen, I'm not judging. I'm just, I, I simply read off the prompter. I can't be held responsible
4: for what I say on this show. <laughs> well, we'd, we'd have to write that prompter first. I mean, come on. So I think I would put like a little nuance from my perspective. I think in general, if someone's over a braggart, if they're getting undue attention, most other pros are going to say, oh, I work as hard, I'm as good. And you see the same problem in the locker room with someone like Kirk Cousins. We'll be talking about him later because actually Jonas undercovered something really sharp on this one. This is a Jonas type show here. Is the idea that all these guys in that locker room are making less, if it's a quarterback, I think all of them, and at minimum relative to performance, right? If you have the best lineman in the NFL and he's getting paid the same as a below average quarterback, eh, yeah. doesn't make sense. So I think in general, no matter how well you do, if you're overpaid, overappreciated media wise, gonna be some negativity. But I think there's two elements to this it's how much does Baker believe in himself versus what kind of respect or lack of respect he's giving to the other players. And to me, if it's the handshake, and now they're saying maybe he did shake their hand, in general, Baker seems very self involved. Yes. And you could make the case you got to be to be that good at something to get to the NFL, but obviously these other players are, are all NFL players. Some of them, more than a few, have more success than him, and they're not that way. So I think for fans, like the WWE type of thing, you might hate the heel that's a little bit too much of a bragger, but I think it's the disrespect for the other players that has them hating Baker. And playing hard against Baker. And let's be candid, when you have a great season, oftentimes the thing that smart people will say is, you know what I hate is they're going to be up for us next year. You know, the champions, for example, right? And it's like they haven't won anything, the Browns, but they already have a target on their back. So to me, it's the worst of both worlds. You don't get the benefit of the win. You're not even good enough to have one. And now you're getting everyone up for you. Yep. So I think it showed last night I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Get it a little more technical. The 49ers D-line. I mean, if you look at the pedigree on that, I think the number I heard, if you take the first four guys, the four top linemen, the worst draft choice was number 17 wow. of the first round. So talk about pedigree. These guys and obviously Bosa having a big game yesterday. Um. I think in general, if you're handicapping the Browns, one of the first things you should think about is how good is that D-line? Because not only the opposing D-line, because not only are the Browns, I think, below average with the offensive line, what happens to a smallish quarterback that's not fast enough to run away? Because usually a small quarterback, I mean, remember Doug Fleury, a lot of scrambling. Yes. I mean, watching the game, Brad, it feels like Baker doesn't have the physical skills to be a scrambler.
5: I totally agree with that.
4: He can shift in the pocket and all that. Brady can do that. So, if you got guys coming up the middle who are so tall, it's going to be problematic to throw over them.
5: And we saw several batted down passes. And that's a tall D-line.
4: Yes. So, we might have a recipe to how well Baltimore, or I guess Baltimore is the example I was thinking in my mind, but you know, Baltimore's D line used to be mighty good, not so much this year. And Baker had time. And what is his strong suit? Accuracy. Yes. If he has time, set his feet, he can throw the ball. If this was like a skills competition, didn't matter how tall you are, how fast you are, Baker might be the best, one of the best, I think. This isn't that. Yeah. Right? We used to play quarterback. You ever play that? Where it was like three people, one was a steady quarterback. No. Oh, really?
5: No, i never played it. Jonas, you ever
4: play that? Uh, well, maybe we called it something different. Explain the Yeah, game. so imagine those three of you. I mean, you and Brad's going to play. All right. And it's me against Brad, your steady quarterback. So with an odd number of people, you've got to have one person quarterback and the other one's receiver or defender. Wow. okay. okay. I guess yeah. I was in an impo. Yeah. You guys had the uh, silver spoon type of uh, right. I guess. <laughs> you always had someone ready to play the next game. <laughs> yeah. But to me, Baker, at his height and he's not tall for the NFL quarterbacks with a bad line. You think the Browns would have looked around the bend and said, you know what we got to make rock solid is the middle of that line, center guard, guard, because even if you get pressure from the edge, a good mobile quarterback and Baker's on the border of that in the pocket can step up. There's what, But how do you get away from someone coming up the middle? Well, you try to run outside. Well, since these D D linemen are faster than him sometimes, it doesn't work. And in general, when we look at the Browns in the near future, I am going to consider that line matchup, the height of the line. If you look at how he's been doing, if you look at his passer rating, and Nick Wright brought this up today, it was worse in this game for Baker than if he had spiked the ball every snap. (laughs) Right? So apparently 39. I never heard this. I love this stat. 39 if you just go back and spike it. Because the theory is you didn't turn it over. Things can be worse than a spike. (laughs) His passer rating was below 39 in the game.
5: Oh, (laughs) jeez.
4: So, bad. If you look at the 18 games of his career that he started, he has 26 turnovers. That's fumbles, lost, and interceptions. In the NFL, if you win the turnover battle, you win the game Against the spread, which is the best measure. It doesn't matter if you're a big favorite, big dog, anywhere in between. You exceed expectations if you win that battle of turnovers 77% of the time. Nothing is more predictive, except uh, point differential. Nothing is more predictive about winning a game in the NFL, covering the spread, than winning the turnover battle. If you're doing... uh, I mean, almost one and a half, right? Yeah, a little le- one less than one and a half a game of turnovers from just one player. Too much. Yep. Too much. And I don't think you can win that way. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Let's do this. I think we've got a little bit more on the Monday night game. Then we are going to talk Kirk Cousins, and we're going to – an amazing stat about we all think it's all oh, Kirk Cousins primetime games versus not no. No. There's a better way, I think, and the numbers back it up to decide is Kirk Cousins going to have a big game? We'll get to that after the commercial break. Well, that's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas
3: Knox, and this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of
2: Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Nutrifault.com spelt N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code C R Show. That's Nutrafault.com
2: promo code C-R show.
3: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will tell you a big-time stat regarding one team in the NFL.
4: Ooh, that could be any day. I I might just start recording Jonas in case there's some (laughs) kind of labor dispute. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. Big day today. Bottom of the hour, Tuesdays with Ken Thompson, another college football expert, him and Brad Powers, Heads up, including Notre Dame, USC. You can listen 200 Fox Sports Radio stations nationwide, coast to coast, foxsportsradio.com, iHeartRadio app, Sirius XM, and podcasts. By the way, our podcast for September, numbers are out straight out of Vegas, doubled the listeners, doubled in just from just a few months prior. That's the kind of growth I like. That gets me out of bed in the morning. I get that a lot, RJ. You can eat this show. It's I don't, it's not me talking. It breaking ground, revolutionary, has changed my gambling life. I hope Fox appreciates. I hope, and I tell them, we'll see, we'll see. But I love it. I love it. And and I'll be candid. If you're lucky enough, and and you know, I've been lucky enough where the, the paying for your house, for you know, paying for your meals isn't the question anymore. And again. If it is about that, anything people do to not be hungry is what it is, right? And the society's got to deal with that the way it does. But once you get past that point, I think most people still let the dollar signs dictate. And it's like, what do you know? How many yachts do you need to water ski behind? (laughs) And to me, I get it. I love ambition. I love hunger, where you're hungry for something to achieve something. But the fact of the matter is, if you're trading it off for something, what are you getting in return for the money? And if you're saying, oh, I could do this one job for 100,000 and this other job for 130, well, which job do you like better? Oh my God, that 130 job's a living hell. And the 100, oh, I like it. But yeah, I'm taking 130. It's like, that doesn't sound crazy because it's what most people do, let's be honest. And to me, once you get to that point where it's not about what you need, it's what you want, I hope you want to do a lot of work that you're passionate about. And for me, with Straight out of Vegas, the feedback we get of people really enjoying it is a big part of it. I love it. So thank you for the support. Spread the word if you can, because the more support we get, the more energy and time we can put into it. And those podcasts are a great way, especially... If you don't get to listen to the whole show, because we are drive time on the East Coast. A lot of people driving home, they get home. We want you sticking in that driveway. Yeah, turn the car off. But if the choice is, let me be clear, listening to the end of the show and letting the car run. I I care about the environment, but let it run if you have to listen to the end (laughs) of the show. But best of all, turn it off or just podcast it. Save Mother Earth. Check out the podcast. Just search for R.J. Bell. Right now on the Strip, it's 90 degrees, and the neon is chugging.
3: So, RJ, we talked a lot in the first segment about Monday Night Football, the 49ers' big win over the Cleveland Browns, 31-3 the final. And now we are faced with a 4-0 49ers team. What does Vegas make of San Francisco?
4: Mm, I don't think Vegas or anyone is giving them enough – or I say it's only a small minority giving them enough credit. So – I'm a skeptic too. I mean, we know Fezzik and Jimmy G, that, <laughs> that weird psycho. Do you want to talk about a psycho drama, psycho drama that's going on there? And it, maybe it's made me skeptical. And it's also, I hate hearing about the next genius before we see it, right? Because for every supposed to be coming around the bend high performer we've ever seen, there's about five of them. Uh, you know, that, that we hear about before they do it and...
5: They never do it. They
4: never do it. <laughs> and I don't know if it's 80% or whatever the number is that it's all BS. And I still don't think Shanahan has done it. right. If you, you could say injuries, whatever, there's always going to be an excuse. The question is, what's the performance? And since the book won't be written until the end, he'll have his every chance to succeed. You gotta like what you're seeing so far. Right? And... This is the amazing stat. So DVOA, a very good advanced metric, football outsiders does. They have New England, one of the other undefeated teams, as the fifth best team ever. And they've been doing this since the mid-80s. I think they've gone back to with their DVOA calculations. After five weeks. Right, So you're five weeks in, five games in, specifically. Of all the teams that's ever played five games, the start of season, Pats are the fifth best. Incredible. Now, 49ers have only played four games. Of all those teams it's played four, 49ers are the sixth best ever. Wow. So let's do some simple math here. 30 years or so, they've been doing it. So that means every five years, so twice a decade, there's been a team as good at this point as the 49ers. And, no, oh, by the way, the Patriots were one of those after four games. Yeah. So could we really have two of the best six teams in the last 30 years and one of them not be Kansas City? Wow.
5: Didn't think of it that way.
4: And I'm not saying I agree with DVOA, but even in this case, in general, I love it as a stat. Even if we split the difference, if we say the average fan, the average talking head – probably has what, San Fran ranked, I don't even think I've seen anyone with them third. No. Right? I mean, if you just see power rankings or lists, you know, it's always New England, Kansas City, and then Rams I see some of, Cowboys even I see some of. That is so far from a a twice-a-decade-level team is what New England I think could be and what they're saying by these DVOA numbers San Fran is. But here's the beauty, guys. When there's a number you trust that's so far out there, you know the old saying, right? The bear starts coming at the two campers. One of the campers starts putting on his running shoes. Other camper goes, you can't outrun that bear. He says, oh, I don't have to. I just got to outrun you, right? So we don't have to. (laughs) That's a fun one. We don't have to agree with DVOA in this case. But if we think there's merit to the numbers, and I think that's unequivocal, Take another look at the 49ers because they I think they're better than we think, and better than most people think, which is by definition why we won, all of us that followed my best bet yesterday, won with the 49ers. I think they're gonna gain some value, but I think the the Brown or not gain some gain some respect off this Monday night win, which might diminish their value a little, but I think it's gonna be more anti-Browns. So I think 49ers might still have value left, especially if the DVOA numbers are even close to being right. Last thing, and this is a powerful concept. Let's talk about, and I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, let's talk about why quarterbacks do well early and don't do well later in their career. And if you think about it, of all the quarterbacks that have been washouts that eventually weren't didn't live up to potential, I would say about half of them just wash out to start with. You know, they get drafted, just never really do that. And so maybe they're career backups, you know. Jamarquis Russell level at the <laughs> very, you know, okay. Uh obviously Johnny Manziel washed out. And then you've got the guys that have an RG3 type. Now RG3 was the most extreme, right? His rookie year won the offensive rookie of yep. the year. I think his quarter or interception to touchdown ratio was like 20 to three or something. It was amazing. And then he's pretty much a backup after that. Now, we can talk about his knee injury and, you know, did Shanahan play him too long? You know, I don't know all of the internal machinations there. But there's been a lot of these examples. And why is it? Well, if you play poker, even a home game, it's a good example. If you have these couple of moves you know how to make, As long as the other opponent, your opponent doesn't know the moves, you can be successful. Or in a fight, you know, let's say you're a boxer or a uh, UFC type guy. If all you do is fake a high right and kick him in the knee, but you're really good at that, you fight someone new, you're probably going to win on that. But they're not going to let you kick him in the knee that seventh time. So, what happens when these defensive coordinators have a chance? to look at the tape and really say, how are we going to stop this guy? They've got a system. It's he can't make this throw. He can make this throw. You notice how he runs to the right. And then the whole next year, the game plans are built around that. To some degree, we saw Belichick expose some flaws in the Rams offense. And what have we seen? A lot of this six guys at the line, one linebacker type stuff. And I don't know enough about X's and O's to critique how smart that is. Obviously, it's smart enough that The Patriots won the Super Bowl and held the Rams down. But, boy, winning – and we always heard of that sophomore slump. And I always thought to myself, well, heck, if a guy's good when he's a rookie, he should be better as a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. If he isn't – not one-dimensional, but if his dimensions aren't limited. Maybe Baker's dimensions are limited. And the film guys I listen to and talk to, this pressure up the middle that we talked about and him not really having an answer – and the Browns not being smart enough to make that the focus of their offseason is making that internal. In fact, they traded. They
5: traded one of their best assets in the middle, one of their guards. For OBJ,
4: (laughs) which segues to the final point in all this. It's hard enough to be multiple, and that's what Belichick looks for and worships at the altar of. Players that are multiple. What does that mean? A running back that can catch, run, and block. What's your Now, there's some running backs that are amazing runners and bad catchers. Huh? They aren't as valuable these days. Back in the day, it was okay. Defense is going to find a way to exploit that. Belichick wants to be like the perfect game theory. He doesn't want the players on the field to tell you what he's going to do, and it, he doesn't want it to actually limit what he's able to do well and look at the success. Everyone looks at the Patriots and they say,." Hey, I don't see many all pros. I don't see many Hall of Famers. I mean, the famous story, Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl. Who's the best players to have won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady and Belichick? You look at that list, it's (laughs) going to be a very unimpressive list relative to the accomplishment because we don't value players that are multiple like Belichick does. What is the opposite of multiple? It's not only being one-dimensional – but then even within that one dimension, having to service egos. And to me, this OBJ thing, you've got a, a non-multiple or a limited quarterback at this point. Defenses are exploiting the limitation of Baker. But now Baker's got to worry about the ego of one of the receivers to make sure he's getting enough throws his way. That's the opposite. Belichick's the type to run a guy 40 times one game and bench him the next. Yeah. Why? We don't understand why, because he's a genius. But there's something about on that field, this one guy. You think Belichick would put up with, oh, we got, oh, whatever the optimal strategy is here for this opponent, remember, no matter what, OBJ's got to get 12 targets.
5: <laughs> Not going to happen. How absurd is
4: yeah. that? And isn't that pretty much what the Browns are dealing with by their own choice? And I don't know how hardcore OBJ is about it. And how much is it that that Browns don't want to make it mad and they think this is the way? I don't know. And I'm not even judging. I just know if you're going to win a football game, being multiple is the best. Being one-dimensional is bad. But being one-dimensional, when within that single dimension, you have to have ego service, even if it's suboptimal, you see what you saw Monday night is the result of that. Now, speaking of the passion I just showed there, Ken Thompson is here. Tuesdays with Thompson. Brad Powers, head-to-head with some college football debate.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas, weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio is brought to you by AutoZone. Finding out why your check engine light is on can save you a lot of time and money down the road. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you troubleshoot the real problem and analyze your specific vehicle information. Code and mileage to get you verified fix solutions. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm Jonas
4: Knox, voice of You, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Yeah, some college football talk. Ken Thompson, who has a radio show here in Las Vegas and is one of the true, true experts when it comes to college football. Uh, Brad, you and you guys go out in our podcast every week. We tape it tonight. Are you a little intimidated?
5: Well, yeah, when he walks in with these 24-inch pythons and a cut-off T-shirt wearing a USC shirt, it's quite intimidating.
4: <laughs> and I tell you something, you, you might think the 24-inch pythons <laughs> – is a little exaggeration. Uh, it's not. It's not. I mean, this guy, and Ken, you're what? You're almost 70,
6: right? Almost, and just uh, 12, 12 years away. Well, listen, we're happy to have you here. And I feel good.
4: It's gonna be a good debate. Oh, yeah.
3: Now, guys, before we get into this crossfire between Ken and Brad Powers, Ken Thompson, who's here for Thompson Tuesdays, has a thought on the Florida Gators coming off a big win, but Florida's got a big-time test against LSU next.
6: Yeah, this Florida Gator team, they impressed me with their defense, and I expected their defense to be good, but they uh, came up with the big picks on Bo Nix when they needed to, got that last one in the end zone, and that was the key. Definitely impressed with Florida, but going down to the Bayou is not going to be easy. Night game in Baton Rouge, Looking forward to all those people being liquored up. That atmosphere is going to be great. And look out for the Bayou Bengals. And Joe Burrow, RJ's throwaway from, from the Ohio State University. I think uh, LSU's got something for Florida.
4: So we've done a study, or not a study as much as a research with LSU, because, Brad, one of the things you've talked about is every year my uncle's going to lose weight at Christmas yeah. and <laughs> – LSU is going to open it up. Yeah, they're
5: going to open up. They finally did. Yeah, they did. So right now, LSU, not Oklahoma, not Alabama, not Clemson, not even RG's Ohio State Buckeyes. It's LSU who leads the nation in scoring 55 points per game. That's a category that LSU hasn't been even in the top 20 in since 2011.
4: All right, so let's say that one more time. They have not been in the top 20 in just number of points per game. Yep, LSU. And this
5: year? Number one. Now, coming in the year, where did you have LSU ranked? I had LSU ranked like sixth. I was higher on LSU. Uh,
4: and, what do you, and what was AP? What was the market pretty much?
5: Uh, like 10, 11. All
4: right. And what was the book on them? Was it going to be, you know, a lot of talent still? There, you know, Louisiana with a ton of talent? Yes. Was Burrow someone there was a lot of optimism for?
5: <laughs> no, and, and to put it in perspective, Joe Burrow, preseason Heisman odds, 200 to 1. There was probably 40 guys ahead of Joe Burrow.
4: And right now, where's he at with the Heisman on?
5: Joe Burrow is now 4-1, to one, only two guys ahead of him right now.
4: Wow, wow. And last thing, we've been doing some reading. The Athletic had something on it, whereas there's these young, you know, fairly unknown now, uh, next-generation coaches, and one of them came into LSU. Yeah,
5: so his name's Joe Brady. He comes in from the New Orleans Saints, and right now he's the passing game coordinator for the LSU Tigers. But I got to be frank. I think he's more like the offensive coordinator. The way they're dialing up plays, a completely different type of system. So you're watching the tape, it just seems different. Yeah, and he's right, he sits right next in the press box to the regular offense coordinator and they're both on the headset and they're both, it seems like, talking. So I think you can safely say Joe Brady is kind of the the play caller. Now, is the
4: OC, the real OC's headset even on? (laughs) Or are they either? It's like what they used to do (laughs) with Yoko. They had her, or no, no, it was actually with uh, Paul McCartney, Linda McCarthy, McCartney, they used to have her synthesizer, but it was unplugged, but she was playing during the shows. (laughs) I'm no, just no.
3: saying. <laughs> Before we get to our crossfire, I want to let you know straight out of Vegas is brought to you by Hooters. Coming to Hooters every Monday all season to play Monday Night Moneyball. You're just a few easy questions away from a chance at cash prizes, freebies, and a trip to the season ender in Miami. Play Monday Night Moneyball at HootersMoneyball.com. All right. USC, so, Jonas, let's do yeah. this.
4: We're about a break time. So, when we come back, let's take the break now. Let's do it. When we come back, we're not only going to have Brad Powers, your early best bat. Ken Thompson and Brad, head-to-head disagreement, USC-Notre Dame.
3: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of
3: Vegas, and I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. We have got a crossfire in college football coming up here in just a moment. First, I want to let you know that Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. Finding out why your check engine light is on can save you a lot of time and money down the road. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you troubleshoot the real problem and analyze your specific vehicle information, code, and mileage to get you verified fix solutions. Get in the zone, AutoZone. It is USC at number nine, Notre Dame. This Saturday night in South Bend
4: and right now, RJ, on pregame.com, the Irish are 11-point favorites. And here's what we know. No line is easy. No bet is stupid. Because if it was easy one way and thus stupid the other, well, how long is that line going to stay that way? We saw last night in the Monday night game, line was three and a half. I thought it was, ooh, this one's easy for San Fran. Boom, it's five before you know it. The markets adjust. So when we have two experts, Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, who genuinely disagree, we don't embrace a debate. We want to make money from the debate. Ken, you get honors. Who do you liking this game?
6: I'm going to go with USC. I've been an SC fan forever, and I used to uh, work with Bob Golick, who was a Notre Dame guy. remember when Bob made Jeff Fisher a big bet, when Notre Dame was on an eight-game winning streak in the series, SC took care of business, and they won the game. I see a similar type game here. Notre Dame, a big double-digit favorite coming in there off the blowout win against Brad's alma mater, Bowling Green. They've had two games against real easy teams this year, New Mexico being the other one. USC, their schedule has stayed solid from Fresno State to Stanford to Washington, BYU, and Utah. Those are five physical teams. USC, no drop-off here, another physical team in Notre Dame. So they're ready, they're prepared. There is no letdown going against Bowling Green. Last week, SC, in fact, had a bye. Best time to have that bye when you're going into South Bend. Malapai will be fine in the backfield. Don't know if it's think that Starts or Slovis. Slovis is probably going to be probable as well, but the uh wide receiving core, the best that Notre Dame will have faced, that includes Georgia. I'm on Ross St. Brown, Vaughns, and Pittman Jr. Three good guys. I think they take care of Notre Dame as far as covering the line. Don't know if they'll win the game, but yeah. I expect them hey, to be very that's close. That's good enough.
4: So, what I'm hearing is pretty much we had an emotional reaction to USC losing some games early and getting their quarterbacks hurt. And really, if you just Soberly, soberly look at the performance.
5: USC's underrated.
6: Yeah, they are underrated. Right,
5: that's your take, right?
6: Yep. Got to give Brad his
5: chance, Brad. It. Well, I'll say may, that might be true. USC is a team, maybe underrated. Wait, Here's, wait. So you're saying you're betting against? No, an underrated not team. at all. I like Notre Dame. and Bet Notre Dame. Here's what I do know: is overrated. That is Clay Helton, the USC head coach, when he's in the underdog role, when he's got to step up and go X's and O's, mano a mano against the other coach. Here's Clay Houghton as a dog. Three and 12 against the spread, failing to meet expectations by eight points per game. And 15
4: times in his career at USC, Houghton, a dog, he's only covered three. Three. And that's the side Ken's on.
5: That's the side Ken's on. And also, Ken's on the side of a team that, in my opinion, is just a bad matchup against a Notre Dame team that is going to be physical. And we saw that SC couldn't hold at the point of attack against a team like BYU, against a team like Washington when they needed to make a play. I like the Irish here.
4: Which those teams are generally physical for West Coast play. Yes. But not compared to Notre Dame. Yeah. Last question, Ken. Last word. I want you to narrowly address Houghton in these roles because three out of 15
6: is bad. Yeah, as a dog. There's no question. But they went to Washington. They should have covered the spread in that game. In fact, they had several times inside like the physics. 10. They did not score. The end of the day, they are a physical team. SC is just as physical and more talented in the receiving core than anyone Notre Dame will face this whole, you know, this whole season.
4: All right. So, fascinating stuff. Ken Thompson on the, uh, the dog. Brad says... Give me some chalk, baby. Yep. Notre Dame it is.
3: We've got an early best bet coming up here in just one moment. want to let you know straight out of Vegas. is brought to you by AutoZone. Finding out why your check engine light is on can save you a lot of time and money down the road. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you troubleshoot the real problem and analyze your specific vehicle information, code, and mileage to get you verified fixed solutions. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Right now it is time for
4: Brad Power's early line move and his best bet for this weekend. All right. So this is coming out early for a reason. Bet it now. So, so far this season, line move,
5: how often is the line move the way you predicted? 4-0. Perfection.
4: Yes. How's the games doing?
5: 2-2. Two and two. Two straight winners, though, RJ. <laughs> so you're on a two-game win streak. Go, yeah, baby. the winning streak. And let's keep it going here. I'm taking Texas. Texas plus 11 against Oklahoma. And speaking of this matchup, Texas has been a bad matchup for Oklahoma. Oklahoma dominates the rest of the Big 12. But Texas can cover Oklahoma's athletes in space. And additionally to that, Texas is very physical, the most physical team in the Big 12 that Oklahoma sees. And if you don't believe me, Let's look at the last seven times these two teams have faced each other. Texas is six and one against the spread, exceeding expectations by eleven and a half points per game. On top of it, this is a Texas team that Oklahoma is facing. Oklahoma, do we really are we really sure how good the Sooners are? They haven't played a single team in my top fifty of my power rings. At least Texas has a data point against a top five LSU team. I like the Horns plus eleven.
4: Okay, and you think this line, the wise guys are going to be on it, you think? Yeah,
5: I think it's going to move down to 10. Now
4: Let me ask you this question. It feels like, to me, OU's exceeded expectations. Yes. So you're saying the profile of those games, because this is the real challenge in college football. The, the, most teams only play, especially the good ones, a handful of competitive games a year. Yes. So you better, like Notre dame George is a big game. you got to right. look at that and say, what did we learn from that? You're saying Oklahoma hasn't had one of these games. No,
5: nope, they haven't yet.
4: And what it takes to win a game you're supposed to win by 30, to win it by 40, which covers the spread, yes. is different than what it takes to beat a competitive team. Absolutely. But you always tend to like Georgia before they play any competitive <laughs> yeah. games. Have you finally learned not to do I that? I have
5: learned, RJ. And here's to what you. I want
4: to say. We'll save the Kirk Cousins stuff till tomorrow. Apologies, but a lot of great stuff here. Ken Thompson every Tuesday now. And here's the thing about Ken.
6: Guess who shows up for no reason at all <laughs> to get his grandstanding and then hotdogging in?
4: You, man. Some might say that's Ken, but he's not because he's going to be here every Tuesday, win or lose. But, you know, he's been hit or miss other times, so we'll see.
3: The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app.
0: any college baseball fans out there if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay two words for you graduate hotels we stayed at the nashville location for
1: the sec tournament it was awesome beautiful rooms cool vibe and perfect location
6: Listen to Locatura Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.